And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Thank you very much, John Bon Jovial, ladies and gentlemen, our, as he's more affectionately known, the legendary John Bon Jovial. And thank you, audience, for being yep. here this week. We are glad to have you here for what promises to be a fun and exciting show. We have another one of our rare but exciting album reveal parties this week. We have a gentleman who we've had the pleasure to talk with in the past who goes goes out of his way to come up with uh, with creative music, and he has outdone himself this time. Grant Malloy Smith is the gentleman's name, and I know you're looking forward to talking with him again, John Bon Jovial. Oh, every time that Grant is on the show, it's a great adventure to have him with us because of the stories that he tells, the tales that he weaves, and basically the fact that the guy plays some great music. He really does. He's one of a kind. He's he's innovative. And I know since you don't hear this music before the show, and I, I'd like to surprise you and get your uh, your gut feelings spur of the moment. I uh, oh, I'm incredibly excited about. Him. You're going to really love this album. He has a new album now, and it was uh, it was just out uh, Friday, the 25th of June. It's called Up Appalachia. American Stories is the title of it. We're going to play a track right now, then we're going to sit down with Grant and chat with him. The track here is called Down to Hatchapi Road. Here's Grant Malloy Smith. Put you on your best white shirt, come down to Hatchapi Road. Tell your ma, yeah, tell them all we're going to Hatchapi Road. Just a path down to the water, we're going there today. Come get you in the water, wash your cares away. Come on, mister, come on, sister, down to Atrophy Road. We're all sinners, just beginners, down to Atrophy Road. 
And there you go. That's down to Hatchapi Road. That's Grant Malloy Smith from his brand new album, Appalachia, American Stories. Let's hear the story from the man himself. Grant, come on in here. Sit down and say hello. Here I am. Good to be with you again, David. Hey, great to have you back. (laughs) Great to have you back on the show. John and I were just talking before we played that about how much we look forward to when you come by because of not only your great music, but the stories you have to tell, the uh, amazing (laughs) things you have to share with us. And we are really looking forward to this one. Tell us, give us a little bit of preface on this uh, great new album you have, Appalachia, American Stories. Well, you know, my family's from that area, you know, like eastern Kentucky, eastern Tennessee, West Virginia, that whole, the whole Appalachia area, a cultural area. I mean, of course, the mountain range is much bigger than that cultural area, but just that part is, you know, it's where my family's from, and it's where my kind of music comes from. You know, the kind of music mm-hmm. I play is came out of those hills, and so... Uh, my last record, as you might remember from a few years ago, was about the Dust Bowl and the American uh, Great Plains back in the right. 1930s. I, I've taken to making these theme records now, and I really like doing it. I spend a lot of, I spend years doing research and making sure I cover the, the topics that need to be covered. You know, I mean, you can't really represent a whole region of the country in in a dozen songs, but but you can hit the highlights. And so sure. that's what I've been doing since I made the last record. I've been up to making this one. So it's really been a labor of love for me. Well, based on past experience, and I can share, having gotten a sneak preview, that this album is no different. The results speak for themselves. The time and effort you put into doing it uh, really pays off because you, you come up with a, a true collection, a collectible collection, if I may. Uh, it's something that you not only like to listen to you want to have to keep it it's that good and uh you uh you really fit in to the tradition and history and lore of appalachia because you do it you do it so well and you do them justice with this album uh, i am really Thank proud you. and pleased to be able to share it with my listeners and of course with john bon jovial who doesn't get to hear them ahead of time uh, <laughs> john say hello John. Well, hey, Grant, it is uh, so hey. cool to have you back here again with us. It really is. Uh, yeah, David's right. Uh, you know, he deprives me of the experience of listening to the music <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if uh, down to Hatchaby Road is indicative of what's going on here, I think I'm going to love this. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to the uh, the song just now. And I'm thinking to myself, many years ago, oh my gosh, this is back in the uh, early se- early to mid seventies, uh, driving around uh, the uh, in the hills of Kentucky and Tennessee and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Western North Carolina, and yeah. uh, listening to some of the local radio stations playing this, mm-hmm. not not this mm-hmm. song obviously, but this <laughs> genre, and right. and immediately brought me back. And because I love this stuff, uh, my, when I was going to the University of South Florida back in the 70s um, hmm. uh, in the, the Tampa area, a very good friend of mine and I, he was the best man at my wedding. We would go up into Pasco County uh, to the, the tent revivals, different kind of music, hmm. but the yeah. same dedication and the same uh, reverence uh, given to the music. And, and that's what I'm hearing here. And uh, hey, you know, as as we good Jewish boys like to say, Mazel Tov. <laughs> well, Shalom and all that back right at you. There you yeah, go. There, there Grant, you go. Grant, now, 
in, in going along with the uh, with the nature of the album and the message that it's conveying, you did something very unique for your first release, your first music video from this album. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, the, the very first song on the record is called The Coal Comes Up, and it, it's about, it's looking through a miner, he's toward the end of his life, a coal miner, and he's He's older now, and he's broken up, and he's, you know, he's got a few missing parts, but he's proud of what he did because he worked his whole life really hard and provided for his family. And I thought the only way to really do that would be to do what a bunch of my relatives did, which is actually go down inside a coal mine in Harlan County, Kentucky. That's exactly what I did back in April. We spent a whole day in the coal mine. I bumped my head about 37,000 times in the space of about four, four hours. But we found a place where two two paths cross each other, and the ceiling was kind of high there. So I could stand up, and we, we shot the video there right inside a coal mine. And that was I'll tell you, that was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I can well imagine, and you can't you can't believe how much I wish I could have been there for that. That that had to be something really classic. Now, obviously, on an audio program, we can't play the music video, but people can go out and check that because that'll be up. Yeah. But we're going to let the listeners hear the audio to that song right now. Here is Grant Malloy Smith, and the coal comes up. Mouth to feet since I was ten. 
Smith, ladies and gentlemen, from his brand new album, Appalachia, America's Stories, and Grant is here sharing with us from that, uh, from the album, the stories, the backstories, and everything, and I know you, Grant, you've probably got a, uh, well, I was going to say a ton of stories, but that's just, <laughs> that's just a pun I had not intended, although I do flash on Tennessee Ernie Ford every now and then, but no, actually, this song, you did I think personally, an amazing job. The music intro alone just sets the tone for it. I mean, you just your mind, the lights start going down, and mm-hmm. you're looking mm-hmm. inside this uh, this tunnel, and uh, it, it, right. it's amazing. It, it's you did an excellent job of painting the picture with the music. Well, thank you very much. It's meant to be kind of cinematic, you know, to bring you into, like you just said, to bring you into that world where it's like. Like you're in the theater, and the, you know how they play the previews, and then the lights go down, and then that comes up. That's that's that that cool feeling that that you get when something like that happens. You know, well, I, I know tell you what. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I'm listening to this, and 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 this goes back to my old radio days that I had a uh, professor who, and, and I think that this is adaptable. He said that radio was the theater of the imagination, and I mm-hmm. think that what you've done mm-hmm. with this song is you have created a theater of the imagination it's a real story it has a, a beginning a middle and end dude this is amazing i am just so blown away by the first two songs that i have heard and i'm not saying that just to stroke your ego or make you feel good i mean this, well, this, I is, just, this is this is good stuff man this really is if these silly terrestrial radio stations don't play it then shame on them really yes. you, know, Some of them you must have accomplished your purpose because uh, for the benefit of our listeners especially you and i have not talked about this album other than when we set the date up for you to do the show or you to give me the tracks to play suggest an order that you prefer them and we have not talked about the album itself so for me to come up with that visualization thought and you to say that that's exactly what you had intended uh, shows Mm -hmm. that you succeeded well that's good Finally, at my old age, getting good at this stuff. Well, that's it. If I live to be 200, I'm really going to be amazing. (laughs) There you go. I don't know. I don't know if I could take another 100 plus years, but uh, I I understand what you're saying. Tell me something, Grant. How did you? We got an idea how you uh, came up with the idea to do a uh, theme album for Appalachia, but how did you come up with this particular concept? Well, I really, you know, ever since I finished the last record, Does Bowl, I, I, I knew I had to find the next topic, and, and, I, and I did. Right at the end, when I was just releasing Dust Bowl, I realized it's got to be about Appalachia because it's coming full circle for me. That's where my family's from. That's where my mother's from. One of the songs we're going to play is, is actually about my mother from Hazard, Kentucky. And I just felt like I have to, I have to do this closure, not only just for personal reasons, because then who, who, who else but me and my family cares – it's because it's it's a it's a region of the country that's very important. It's it's very misunderstood. There's a lot of negative stereotypes about Appalachia, and also it's where 
you know, the kind of music that I do comes from. It's the most natural kind of music for me for me to do. And I just felt like that had to be it. Now, now I'm at a loss. I don't know what my next record's going to be, but Appalachia for me was a, a slam dunk. It just had to be this record. I have a feeling that something will strike you. And, uh, you know, when the iron is hot, you'll jump on it, and uh, we'll get another classic. John Bon Jovio, I know you have a classic comment. I I, I do. I've got actually a thought for the next idea. Um, Grant, I don't know about you, but I am a student of American history, particularly the Mm -hmm. 19th 19th century and early 20th century uh, American Mm -hmm. history. And when I lived out in a very rural part of California and Nevada, uh, a buddy of mine and I, we would go up in the mountains, out into the desert every week looking for Mm -hmm. abandoned mining camps and ghost towns and things of that nature. And some of the things that you would find and some of the, the family situations that you could try to envision I always thought would make a great concept of some form of music. And mm-hmm. I think of uh, areas like Rhyolite, Nevada, Bodie, California, um, Keeler, California, and places like this. And there is a story to be told about the American West. And what got me thinking about it was following you on Facebook and seeing uh, some of the pictures going down into the mine to shoot, the, you know, to shoot the video uh, mm. before the coal comes up, and I'm thinking I was so envious that you were down in that mine because that's one of the things that I love to do, and it just brought me back to my out west days. And I think mm. that something like that I think could probably be. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to try to tell you how to formulate your <laughs> thoughts, but to me, it, 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 it would be such a great way to develop a concept. To jump in on I that idea. Right. To jump in on that idea, I flashed on this as you started talking it. And again, as John just said, don't want to tell you your business or what to do, but I'm thinking <laughs> as a possibility what, where I might think of going is going with a third album of Americana, conceivably about the West. You've done the Dust Bowl. You've done the Eastern, the Appalachian, going out West mm-hmm. to the, the mines, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, making yeah. it part of an American trilogy, you would have a three-album set of the same concept, only just different parts of America. Just my right. two cents worth there. So if it yeah. if it comes I, I to think, pass, yeah. uh, whatever whatever you do, we know it's going to be good and enjoyable. And uh, we look forward to your next album almost as much as we looked forward to this one. Tell us a little bit, if you would, please, about that uh, red-haired girl from Hazard. <laughs> Yep, in fact, Hazard is in eastern Kentucky. It's a town in Perry County, and that's where my most of my family has lived on my mother's side going back into the very early 1800s. Uh, so many generations there, my, you know, my mother, her mother, her mother, her mother going back. And uh, that's what this song is about. It really is her life story, uh, uh, an abridged version for a four-minute song. But uh, it's meant to – passed away a few years ago. It's meant to pay her some – some uh, respect and my admiration and eternal love for her and just all the people of that region. It's just a, it's a great place to hang out and, and experience what life is all about. Well, I understand that. And uh, my, my heart is with you on that. Uh, it's a road we've all been down and we know what you're feeling. Let's listen now to the red haired girl from hazard. 
rules of East Kentucky. Like your mama and her mama before her. In your best Sunday dress, you felt so lucky. You were through and through a Harry County girl. You were loud, loud as crickets after supper. Talking miles, pouring smiles like lemonade. Harvest air, running barefoot with your brother.
that red-haired girl from Hazard. Ladies and gentlemen, you're here on the David Bowers Awards with Grant Malloy Smith exposing his Appalachia American Stories album, which was just released uh, June 25th. And uh, we're going to play a couple of more cuts off from that. And we're talking with Grant, who has graciously uh, offered up an hour of his time to sit and talk with us. Grant, I do have to say, I feel there is a lot of you and your heart and soul in the music in this album. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, this, like I said before, this has really been a, a labor of love for me since twenty uh, the middle of 2017 when I started working on it more than three years ago. And uh, I, I probably wrote 40 songs for this record, and there's 12 on there. So I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't put anything on there that wasn't, you know, that didn't meet <laughs> meet my requirements and was as good sure. as it could possibly be. And well, you, you know, could... when you do a record, you also want the songs to be different from each other, and yet, and yet work as a right. cohesive whole. You know, you don't want to have exactly. eight songs that all sound the same, but but you, and you need to cover the different topics too. So it's sort of like a three dimensional crossword puzzle. It's a little bit hard to do, but when you get it done, it's it's a great feeling. <laughs> I I know it has to be. And you mentioned your labor of love, and I know that you also have another labor of love, which uh, many of the listeners might not be familiar with, and that is your love for indie artists and for doing for them. And I would like to digress from the album for just a little bit here and give you a chance to talk to us and tell us about the organization you have created uh, to support indie musicians and their music. You call it the Indie Collaborative. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, we're we're a group. Um, it's free to join us. We have about 2,000 members worldwide. It's, it's at IndieCollaborative.com. And it's just meant to be a place where indie artists can join together. They can form collaborations. Maybe, maybe you're a lyricist looking for a, a, you know, a composer or the other way around. You're a jar of peanut butter looking for some jelly. You know what I mean? There you go. Musicians need each other in different in different ways and combinations, and it's also just fun to get together socially and you know meet each other and in person once in a while. And and we also put on shows. We put on showcases where our, our members can get up and play a song, and then we do really produced shows where we really, you know, we we cast it ourselves and we produce a show and it, for the public more so than for for us internally. Uh, so uh, any musician who's out there, if you're an indie musician, you don't have to have, you know, won 12 Grammys or any anything for that matter. You can go to our website, IndieCollaborative.com, and you can join us. It's absolutely free to be a member, and you can have your profile on our website. So if you don't have a website, you can you can get a, a page dedicated to you on our website, and uh, it's just a good. Uh, I'm I'm not the only one. I, I'm the co-founder. My my the other co-founder is Eileen Sherman, and we're musical friends and partners and and we just we came up with the ideas kind of simultaneously and so we 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 did it starting back in 2015 and now we we've grown from uh, two members to 2000 and something or other in that period of time and i'm proud to say that i am also a member of the indie collaborative and it yes. is it is everything that Grant says and more, I suspect, because I haven't had the opportunity to get as involved as I would like to have. But uh, I know from from my involvement, which is really surface involvement, that it is a very, uh, a very, it's a tightly knit, cohesive group that is also wide open. I mean, it's not one of those things where, you know, you've got to sit back and say, gee, uh, 
I wonder if they'll approve of me. Hey, if you're right. an indie artist, you're into music, and you're doing your best to make it, trust mm-hmm. me, you're home. Yep, and it's and also not just artists, but also pe- people like you who are in the business, radio people, promoters, publicists, photographers, managers, you know, uh, PR people, anyone who's in the industry. Oh, we also have actors and actresses and dancers and that kind of stuff. You don't necessarily have to be a musician, but it's it's for entertainers and people in the entertainment industry. Yeah, if you're interested in music at any level, really, especially uh, from the indie standpoint and outwards from there, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, in the acting capacity as well as the music-related ca- uh, channels, feel free. Go to IndieCollaborative.com and check it out. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Now, Grant, you mentioned your shows. Uh, I know you've had a few. Do you have any any coming up in the near future? Are you working on any? Yes, three of them right now. So in September 19th in Newport, Rhode Island, we're doing a showcase. So uh, we'll have about 20 of our members. We'll get up and and just show each other what we can do. There'll be uh, several hundred people there, uh, but but we we do a little lottery to keep it fair, so that because we can't have 200 people do five minutes. That would be like three no like seven hours long so so we we pick a subset um and then we're doing a then we have two production shows coming up where we cast the show and we produce it uh so it's not just like an open mic or anything like that and one's at lincoln center in uh, december and then the next one after that is is our second appearance at carnegie hall next april it was supposed to be last april but you know a little thing like a global pandemic happened yeah and, Mm. It was postponed not once, but still weren't open this April in 21. So we got pushed out two years <laughs> from when it was supposed to happen. Ooh. Well, you just that's you a, just that's a long time delay. to germinate and let the seed grow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know how rough that is and how disappointing it is when you when you have something like that planned and a monkey yeah. wrench comes along and messes it all up. But, uh, yeah, we definitely uh, look forward to those things. And I know John Bon Jovial is looking forward to getting back in here. So I guess I'll let him talk again. Go ahead, John. <laughs> well, well, sure. Now, now, Grant, I, I, I realize you're going to be doing these uh, uh, productions and shows in that little podunk town of New York City. Uh, but are you going to be venturing uh, out of the uh, the big city there and coming down and seeing us small-town folk? For example, uh, I live in the Naples-Fort Myers area. Uh, David's out in uh, Tempe, Arizona area. Yeah, that's right. We would just absolutely love to uh, sit in on a show if you're ever going to be yeah. touring down this way in the southeast or the southwest. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I will be. There's a few things I've had to push off, but I will do them, and probably in the fall, um, when everything's really, I hope, I hope by then, really opened up again. Um, but I, I need to spend a f- the next few months making more music videos, and I'm going to be doing that. In fact, you know that first song you played, "Down to Hatchery Road," is about river yes. baptisms, which are a big thing in the in the South and in Appalachia oh, yeah. in particular. And I'm going to go down to eastern Tennessee, and I'm going to, like I stood in the coal mine, I'm going to stand in a river, and there's going to be baptisms going on around me, and a real preacher from a church down there near Knoxville, and we're going to have us a good time, make it, make a really cool video. I don't know how I'm going to talk about that. That is awesome. I still remember. uh, I love the concept. Love the. I still remember Johnny Russell, the uh, baptism of Jesse Taylor. Remember that? 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I love it. That's a great idea. And uh, do keep in touch in these things and let us know what's going on, and we'll help help you spread the word there. Remember. My Facebook groups page, the David Bowers Awards on Facebook, mm-hmm. is open to uh, anyone connected with music in any way who wants to spread the word to uh, more listeners. You can post directly there. You don't have to send a press release or anything. You've got something coming up you want to share. Post it directly to that page. We'll pick it up and share it on our other social media pages. Right now, we want to get back to Appalachia American Stories and share another track. So tell us about the gas station chicken. This should be good. (laughs) Well, this is going to be a great video, too. i got to figure out how to do it. But, you know, if you drive around, particularly the southeast of the U.S., like I do a lot and have done a lot, you you get to eating – wherever you can eat sometimes, you know, if you're between shows and that kind of thing. And there's sure. a real thing in the southeast where you have a gas station and it has a little gift shop inside, not a gift shop, but like a convenience mart inside. And they also, many of them will have a little place where they're frying up chicken in the corner. And it's not some frozen thing that they stick into a microwave. We're talking about really frying, truly frying chicken from scratch, you know, and, and batter and all the rest of that. And that is, you wouldn't believe it. You would not believe it, but it is some of the best fried chicken out there. And so I just thought it would be a fun a fun song if I if I told a little story, wrote a little vignette about a guy who's starving and he and he wanders into one of these places that he he's clearly been there before cuz he he's got a little he's got a crush on on the girl who works the cashier that works in there who also does the frying, by the way. So it's another <laughs> toe tapping song like the first one you played. It's it's Definitely Southern, let's put it that way. But I think everybody can get a smile out of it and enjoy it. Well, I couldn't help but flash on the fact that it uh, seems to me I remember a colonel who got start started selling chicken <laughs> the same way in a gas station somewhere down in the south. So, ladies and gentlemen, from American Stories, uh, from uh, Appalachia, American Stories, album by Grant Malloy Smith, here is Gas Station Chicken. Down by the magazines and chips. She flashes me her hazel eyes above those ruby lips. I'm barely scraping by, Lord, I'm about to die. Gas station chicken gonna help me get my appetite. Oh, she loves me. Oh, Lord, she treats me right. Gas station chicken gonna taste real good tonight. Chicken gonna taste real good tonight. Two brown eggs, buttermilk and flour. She mixes it and double dips a true bill of the south. Cast iron pan, it's spitting like a cat. She says it's gonna take some time, so I might as well step back. I wander to the freezer and I get a bowl of beer. She tells me that she's working and hey, get over here. Now I'm assistant cook at the cheap bill dinner nook. Oh, look at me, mom, a sous chef volunteer. Oh, she loves me. 
chicken gone, my Patriots go to tonight. Oh, that gas station chicken gone, my Patriots go to We're sitting here with Grant Malloy Smith and talking about and playing some tracks from his latest and greatest album, Appalachia American Stories. And we're so happy to have you here with us today, Grant. It's been a pleasure. We've still got uh, some more music coming, but I want to give you a little chance to uh, do a little self-promotion and tell the folks about Grant Malloy Smith, how they can find you online, uh, track down to get your music, of course, and uh, and contact you if they like to tell you how much they like your music. Oh, great. Thank you, David. Um, by the way, I'm hungry now that I heard that fried chicken song. <laughs> um, sorry. There's a lot of that going around. <laughs> well, you could, the best place to go actually is my website, and it's just, you know, I use my three names, just like my mother was yelling at me in the past. Grant Malloy, <laughs> get over here. So if you go to grant Malloy M-A-L-O-Y, there's just one one L in my middle name, right. dash smith.com. Uh, you'll you'll see my website. You can you can watch videos. Of course, you can navigate to the Appalachia Record if you want to, and you can see pictures. You can you can see everything that there is about me is linked there. All my social media is linked there too. So if you go to Grant-Malloy-Smith.com, if you put a slash and then the word Appalachia, uh, just all lowercase, that'll go right to the record. But you can find it the normal way too using the menus. But I, I'd appreciate everybody stopping by, say hello. There's a chat function on the website that only I see, so if you send me a message, I'll, I'm the only one who's going to see it. And uh, you can tell me what you think about the record. You were just doing an intro there to the website, but the segue from the chicken to the website is almost like, oh, you mean I can go to uh, grant-malloy-smith.com and, and order me some fried chicken? You know, that's that's not a bad idea. I might have to get some different licenses to sell food, but uh, I could sell a rubber chicken on my website. There you go. (laughs) I should mention that the record's available as an LP, and it comes with a a book that I wrote about Appalachia in a box set. So for people that like to have a real thing to hold in their their hands, that's that's what I've done. The liner notes, the book that I wrote, is really like liner notes on, on steroids. It's 40 pages I wrote. I spent years working on the, the content of it. And so each song, it's not just the lyrics and the credits, but it's about the history that leads up to that song in Appalachia. Like some of the coal mine stuff is quite elaborate. and has a lot of detail about the history and how mining was back back in the day and how it is today. And all. I, can, I could go on and on. I won't, but uh, there's a lot. Well, in there. actually, so I, want real you to, I want you to go a little further. 
I want you to go a little further because I just had a thought as you were talking about, uh, especially when the coal comes up. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, with with the way the uh, the you know the, the the climate of the country, and I I, I don't mean uh, I maybe I mean political climate, but also literal climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, coal is not the the darling that it used to be because of right. uh, you know showing the basically proof that it it is contributing to global warming. What is it? What is Appalachia like now? Uh, as far as that is concerned, what what has happened to the economy? What has happened to people's lives now that the coal industry? I don't know. There's no better way to put it. Now that the coal industry is dying. Well, it's it's obviously been a a long and slow transition. For example, we used coal to heat our homes until about World War II when we switched to oil. And at that moment, the coal the the requirement for coal was drastically reduced. So today we only use it for really three two things generally one is we use it to, for uh, coal-fired power plants although mostly we export coal for other countries to do that because we don't have a whole lot of coal-fired plants here anymore um, and the other thing that it's used for you know if you reduce coal in a, in a special process you create coke which is used for making steel so we have to have some coal just to make steel but you don't have to burn it like in the traditional way for power, for power, energy, that kind of thing. I don't, we're never okay. going to be without it completely. We just can't be. But to get to your real question, though, yeah, it's been a, it's been a very difficult transition because you know when someone does coal mining their whole lives, or at least let's say half your life, and now and then they say well, we're closing the coal mine, then what do you do? That's really the only thing you know how to do, and you mm, can't just yeah. say go go be, become a programmer at the age of you know, 50 years old when you've sure. never even turned on a computer in your whole life, much less know how to program. So that's, that's a challenge. And that's one of the, and that's one of the challenges that Appalachia has is making the transition from, from that industry and, and others like it that are transitioning or going away or changing in some, you know, dramatic way. I mean, we have, we've seen this all over the country, the steel industry in, in Pittsburgh, for example, was mm-hmm. once, you know, the skies were black with <laughs> smoke from the steel mills, and then that ended in the, in the early 80s when uh, all of a sudden steel was being bought from other countries, and our plant, plants just closed down by the dozens. And it took them 35 years to turn around that economy in Pittsburgh to become one that was not reliant on steel. And there are other mm-hmm. examples all over the country. It, it's a t- you it's know, a I, I often yeah, I often wonder and worry about the mindset and the mental health of people. Um, because I, for example, I'm, personally, I have never been through a transition like that. I, I've been on this planet for, well, more decades than I, I care to acknowledge. And I cannot <laughs> imagine, uh, here I am, and yeah, okay, I'll say it. I'm 70 years old. I cannot imagine, for the life of me, having to study and learn something that I've never, mm-hmm. ever done. Over something right. that I've done all my life, and now all of a sudden it's uh, it, it, it can't happen anymore. So mm-hmm. I worry about the people, not just in uh, you know Appalachia, but uh, you know up uh, you know and 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 as you put it, this, the steel areas of the country that mm-hmm. are all of a sudden being forced out of a job, out of work. What are these people going to do? And it's like there, but for the grace of God, go I. Right. You know, and you mentioned mental health, and that is one of the topics that I cover on the record 
for example, people in particular, not just because of the industries going away, but because they live in the, those mountains and they've been isolated from so much of the rest of the country, not in every way, because now we have the Internet and that kind of thing. But for many generations, they were really cut off from the rest of the country and um, got left behind in some ways. We, we've been talking about the, the poverty crisis and the education crisis in Appalachia since John Kennedy was president you know, 60 years ago. It's been an issue. It was an issue before that, too, but no one really addressed it until the 60s. And nowadays it manifests itself in a lot a big opioid addiction problem. And now we have this all over the country, but, you know, Appalachia is one of the places where they've been hit the hardest, I think, among the hardest in the, in the country. That's something we need to do. We need to do something about that as, as a country, as a society. I agree. Do you see made... it happening with the with the present climate that's going on? What what has to change? I know this sounds like an oversimplified question, but it isn't. Mm. But what has to change in order for this country to actually realistically go in that direction? And and, and I'm not talking about a yeah. Republican president versus a Democratic no. president. But what does it take no. to stop a juggernaut like the United States of America and get it to turn on a dime if it has to? Well, we've done it in the past when we had to. We could do it again. People just need to feel the urgent, a sense of urgency about it. This opioid crisis is not just in Appalachia; it's it's everywhere. That's and it, it, you know, nowadays, since since and this is not I'm, I don't do politics, so this is not a political thing at all. But since the border crisis that we have erupted again five months ago, the the opioids like fentanyl, for example, which is extremely powerful and uh, dangerous. dangerous are suddenly spiked up again, and that's not going to yeah. bode well for, uh, you know, overdoses and things like that, of which I think we had 12,000 last year. It's not going and to be – getting worse. We want to see that number go down, not up. So yeah, I think we have to, I think we have to do things on so many different levels at once that it's it's kind of mind-boggling, to be honest. Yeah, you, know, you, you kind of wrapped it up in a nutshell there. I was going to say that something that we've got to – We've got to get off the knee-jerk bandwagon. We can't just say, okay, we've got to stop this and do that. And we've got to right. – we have to plan for those uh, unplanned consequences that go along with these decisions we make. It's like, well, mm -hmm. for so long everybody said we've got to stop using oil. Well, anybody right. that knows anything about life is, knows that – on this planet anyway – knows that that ain't going to happen overnight there's just no way the whole economy is based primarily right. on fossil fuels. And if we even had the technology to make an immediate change, it would destroy the economy of the world. I mean, you have to plan on the, the side, mm -hmm. the, the other stuff that you don't plan on happening. And uh, it's <laughs> yeah. going to take a lot of thought and uh, a lot of intelligent people to sit down and work it out. And mm -hmm. like you said, not political. This is apolitical. This is a fact. This is something that we have to do. We have to think about. Yes, absolutely. And it's not a Band-Aid. A Band-Aid is not going to fix it. It's, it's no. going to take a systemic change uh, on many different levels over a period of time, probably measured in decades. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not going to, I've said all along, it's going to be a generational thing. You know, we're not going to mm -hmm. do it in this generation, but we can take steps to move toward the next generation so that we can right. do what our parents did for us. Try every mm -hmm. day to make this a better place to live than it was when we entered this world. Right. And, uh, how, 
Hallelujah. That being said, I'll get down off the pulpit. You've uh, you've actually answered questions that I hadn't gotten to asking yet, and I salute (laughs) you for that. It it really made the time fly by, and since you've answered all my questions, we're going to go home now. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Not really. We got more music to play here. (laughs) We we are sitting with Grant Malloy-Smith and... uh, we're talking about his latest album, and that's called Appalachia American Stories. We played a few tracks off there. We've listened to Grant talk about his uh, his vision for doing this uh, Appalachian uh, album and the thought that went into it. Uh, we've got a couple of moments left. Before we go, let's. I, I know you're. Uh, you're a, like I, a big supporter. John and I both big supporter of indie artists and their music. And so let's not forget the artists that played with you on this album. Can mm. you tell us briefly about those guys and gals if there are? Oh boy, yeah, I had so many, so many great musicians on there. You heard, you heard a bunch of them just then. Most of them actually. Um, uh, I had Rob Ikes, who's one of the best dobro players in the world. I think he's won the Bluegrass International Bluegrass Association Best Dobro Player on the World fourteen times or something like Ooh. that, maybe fifteen, but. By now, wow. uh, harmonica you heard on a couple of songs. Uh, that's Jelly Roll Johnson. Out of uh, most of these people are out of Nashville. Um, I had um, uh, Jeff Taylor who plays. He's the accordion player. He's, a, he's also a brilliant keyboard player in general, but he's a, particularly an accordion player with the Time Jumpers. You know, Vince mm-hmm. Gill's group there in Nashville. Right. They've won several Grammys. As has Rob. And also playing lead guitar, I play the regular acoustic guitar, but when it comes to doing real crazy stuff that I can't even think as fast as he can play, it's uh, Trey Hensley. He's one of the most amazing, uh, very young guitar player. I think he's still in his 20s, and he's just incredible. I never heard anybody – you know, he's like the Eddie Van Halen of the the acoustic guitar. Just unbelievable. And I had Francis Cunningham playing the bazooki, which is kind of – it's like a big Greek mandolin. You heard it on the – the Red-Haired Girl from Hazard, and on, on several other songs. I had Mike Johnson uh, playing steel guitar. If you look at his his record, I think he's played with every country superstar on the planet probably 25 times. Oh, <laughs> and, oh, oh, and uh, Matt Combs on fiddle. He, he's the the fiddle the official fiddle player of the Grand Ole Opry, and he plays a lot with Reba McIntyre and, and many other. Everybody I mentioned plays with really big superstars, so I'm I'm glad that they would – come down off that pedestal and, and play for little old me on, on this record. They're, but they're so great. They, they play on all, they play on hundreds of records a year. They're just amazing studio musicians and generous and um, absolutely without any ego. They just want to do the best job they can possibly do. And, and that's important. That's important. And I think it shows through both in your songs and in the instrumentation that is on them in this fantastic album. We're so glad that you came by and shared the album with us, and especially that you took the time to sit and talk with us, tell us stories about it, and talk about your music, talk about your uh, your indie collaborative for indie artists and everybody else who's interested in the music. And uh, we just can't thank you enough. Thank you, Grant Malloy-Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Grant. My pleasure. Oh, I gotta say, Matt Burgess on drums. I I left his name out by accident. Thank you so much for having having me on your show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're you're so welcome. We look forward to the next time you're here, and we're gonna leave you. I I, I think that uh, this title may may be fitting in a way 
but uh, somehow I think it was there all along. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play a track from the album called I Found Faith. Grant, I think you've had it all along. Thank you again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Grant Malloy Smith, I Found Faith. I never was much of a church-going child. I ran through my summers so careless and wild. But one fateful day, the light fell on me. I am lost all my troubles away. I found faith in the Ladies and gentlemen, Grant Malloy Smith from his latest album, Appalachia American Stories, which is available now. Go check it out. Go to GrantMalloySmith.com. And uh, if you're interested in the album, it's also available with a book. I know it's a package, a box set that you're going to love and you're going to want to keep and pass down to your children. Enjoy it. Grant, we thank you so much for spending an hour with us today. John Bon Jovial, I think it's time you take us home. 
Yes, sir. Kind of kind of hard to to top this show today. That was fantastic. This guy is just he amazes me how good he is. All right, folks. You did it again. You spent another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, and we are so ever grateful for your participation, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and, of course, from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona, and we are available for free on most of the major streaming services, including now the new podchaser.com forward slash The David Bowers. Be sure to follow The David Bowers Awards on Blog Talk Radio, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and join us next week for The David Bowers Awards, Saturday at noon, that's 12 p.m. Eastern, on WRFZ-FM 106.3 on your FM radio dial, otherwise known as Rochester Free Radio, and Blog Talk Radio, Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for The David Bowers and all of the crew of morons here at the uh, Radio Ranchero, this is the legendary and also lovable John Bon Jovial saying, be good to yourself, keep washing your hands, go get that shot if you haven't done it yet. And we'll see you next week right here on The David Bowers Awards.